studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, President Biden is busy before speaking about his infrastructure plan today. He went to visit a vaccine site in Virginia yesterday, and I thought the video was really interesting. Uh, take a look at what he, you know, what he had to say. Sorry I'm late. I just found a big walnut in the parking lot. I was chasing it around for two hours. Folks said, Joe, that's not a walnut. That's a dirty rock. Yeah, right. If it's a rock, then why is my mouth watering? People said, prove it, Joe. Crack it. But that's not the way we used to eat walnuts, so I swallowed it whole. So the bit is Jimmy Fallon from The Tonight Show playing Joe Biden talking, but because Biden's wearing a mask, you can obviously fill in any words. So. Right. We've got several more of those for you this hour I think you'll enjoy. Wow. I, I can't help thinking that has greater significance than uh, than just being funny. The narrative is really catching on in uh, I'd say. liberal comedians that he's a doddering old fool. Hey, i got to burn my saddle. From something okay. I just read. All right. And I should say it now because I don't know how long I'm going to last. I've been sitting in the same exact spot since I walked into the show two hours ago. Has I'd, not moved. I've not moved. <laughs> I do not feel no, good. You're not looking good. I might lay down on the floor. Coming anyway. up, major update from the Derek Chauvin trial and Joe Manchin with a blockbuster statement. Back to you, Jack. Yeah, I do want to talk about the Chauvin trial. And I have a question for you. You yes, almost went to law school and you have been on a number of juries. Yes, I filled out the forms. As a matter of fact, I was right, just ready to go. So close. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so we were talking about homeless stuff last hour, and um, that seems to be a topic again. But uh, and then this local city where they're handing out gift cards to the homeless to get them to clean their camps. And um, he, here's a deal I will make. Uh, I, I know that I'm way to the other side of every single story i ever see about the homeless situation i'm way to the other side maybe too far but i've had some really unfortunate interactions with homeless people i'm still pissed off about it and nobody seemed to care that run the various cities and states where these homeless people are give me a story ever freaking ever where you say, of course, a lot of these homeless people are drug addicts that have no interest in working you just throw in that one phrase and I will open-mindedly read your story about your stupid freaking unicorn plan to fix the situation. But give me one phrase where you admit what is undoubtedly, indisputably true can be backed up by all kinds of statistics. A lot of these people are drug addicts who have no interest in working. Just give oh, me that amen. much in your three-page story about the tragedy of the cost of housing and all the money of my money, my taxpayer money, my kids' money that you're going to throw at these people. Just give me that one little phrase where right. you admit there's a bunch of freaking losers who have no interest in participating in society that are part of the story. Don't act like every damn one of them is some of them who got a medical bill and all of a sudden they're homeless or one bad break in our evil capitalist system, and here they are. Just give me that one sentence, and I'll read your story with an open mind. Boy, amen. Amen. That makes me so mad. They quote a homeless person. It's cool to see the the city stepping their game up. At least they're trying to do something. F you, dude. 
F you! What are you doing? I don't know about this individual guy, but as a crowd, a whole bunch of you aren't doing anything today. Today you're going to get drunk or high and lay around and beg for money. That's what you're going to do. You're sure happy to see the city step their game up. Step your freaking game up. God dang it, that pisses me off. When do you ever see stories where they talk about the losers? Never. And, and let me point out, if we were having a conversation right now with a homeless activist type, that would be a really reasonable demand question when can you acknowledge at least some of those people are junkies who don't want to work or drunks but you're not even asking that of the homeless uh, activist types you're asking it of journalists to just give me that one kernel of truth that everybody can see you got a bunch of bums and junkies in your neighborhood you're 100 percent aware of that you're aware of that more than you're aware of anything and yet you never get a kernel of that in the journalism no that's a great point <clears throat> and and one other addition to your rant they throw the money at these people keep in mind and i grew up in chicagoland watching this not not with the bums and junkies necessarily but with other causes noble causes they throw the money at their cronies who claim to be ready to solve the problems. They claim to be in the neighborhoods doing good. Oh, yeah. And they're a super reliable vote, too. Yeah, well, well ranted. That is so true. You don't even get a whiff of that. And I think about some of the friends of Armstrong and Getty who send us emails and pictures and all of what's going on in their neighborhood and the syringes and the drunks and the robberies and the and the garage burglaries and the assaults and the kids terrified to play outdoors on a street they played for years with their little friends. And, and this guy's lecturing the city on stepping up their game. Good God, the great progressive experiment continues. How's your utopia coming along? It's been a while since I've said that. Feels good. <clears throat> Blockbuster announcement from Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, the legendary swing vote in the 50-50 Senate. Regularly yeah, called. Yeah, I know about the VP, I know. Regularly called now the most powerful person in Washington, D.C. And he absolutely is. <clears throat> he said yesterday that under no circumstances would he vote to eliminate or weaken the legislative filibuster. He has made a definitive statement on the topic. Dealing a blow to Democrats' hopes of bum-rushing major aspects of President Biden's agenda through Congress. But there's more. The West Virginia senator also suggested in an op-ed published in the Washington Post that he would be opposed to using the budget reconciliation process under which certain legislation requires only a majority vote. Again, to circumvent the filibuster which exists to make sure that the, uh, the majority cannot run roughshod over the minority in the Senate. And uh, the filibuster used over and over and over and over and over again by Democrats in Mitch McConnell's Senate. Uh, so that is a major blow to the uh, Biden effort to uh, to jam through their progressive dreams. You combine that with the increasing narrative in, in pop culture that Joe Biden's a, a doddering old fool. I think we're in a very different place than we were a month ago. In terms of the Biden administration's uh, mojo. Oh, speaking of that, uh, Kamala, what is going on with her? Where is she? She's busy taking care of the border as being named the uh, border czar. 
and then clarified to be the border diplomacy czar, although she hasn't done she she spoke with the president of Guatemala, from what I understand. Uh, but she hasn't held any press conferences, made any uh, announcements or anything. And uh, Nikki Haley was bringing the thunder. I, uh, man, I, I think I'm starting to need glasses again. Uh, do we have that Nikki Haley clip I was looking for? Somebody got that? Normal shows would prefer this in advance, but that's cheating. Oh, yeah, I think uh, is 23. Cheating. Is that what you're looking yeah, for? I'll take your word for it. It's uh-huh. not about coming up with a new solution. We had the solution. I mean, the Trump administration had the same migrant problem, but they fixed it. And what they did was they used tough love with our friends. He said, this is what we expect of you. We will partner with you, but you've got to control the situation in your country. If they want asylum, they have to apply from there. From there, he worked through the through Mexico, which is where they were coming from, to make sure that we had a handle on it. And then she gets to uh, Kamala Harris at some point. Do we have that one? It's really unacceptable that Biden is so obsessed with Trump reversals that he'll literally put the American public and these kids at risk the way he is. And then he gives Kamala Harris, um, apparently she's the one in charge. This is the same person that encouraged 7,000 migrants to come to America. She referred to ICE as the KKK. She's now in charge of this. She's been missing in action. And God help us if she ever becomes president. Because if this is how she handles a uh, crisis, um, I mean, I just can't imagine how she would run our country. God help us if she ever becomes president. There is a decent chance you just heard the opening salvo in the first two female uh, presidential election. Yeah, could be. I'd say it's one in four, which at this point is is a, a pretty strong statement. So, um, I know uh, people complain every time I start talking about the 2024 presidential race since we just wrapped one up, but if, uh, if the former Secretary of State Pompeo runs, as it mm-hmm. looks like he is, and Tim Scott, the uh, black senator from South Carolina, who, who's really good, runs, and Nikki mm-hmm. Haley runs. Yeah, that's a strong field. It is a strong field, but what if Trump then decides to run? Do they all take on Trump to try to get the nomination? I I think Trump running is extremely unlikely. Yeah, most of the pundits seem to say that. Um, well, I, I I just uh, I'm going with my gut here. It's not a consensus of any kind. I'm just he likes his life. I'm not sure he intended to be president the first time he ran. He's going to be four years older. He'll have gotten used to not being hounded constantly, and I just I don't see him working up the mojo to run again. I yeah. think it's incredibly unlikely. I think it's simply, I, I don't think we ever elect somebody near Biden's age again. I think that's the age thing. Yeah. But you're a known ageist, Sean. Yeah, yeah, I'm way ahead of the curve on all sorts of stuff. <laughs> More hate speech from the young, positive Sean. Regrettable. Yeah, that gets left out of the conversation a lot, though. He is old and he'll be even older, and uh, we could be coming off a president where, I mean, if if the late night comedians are making a, man, he's losing it, jokes, Two months in, where are we going to be, you know, by 2024 on old presidents? So. Right, and historians can tell you a lot of what happens, in, especially electorally, is a reaction to the last thing that happened. And and Sean, though his uh, his opinion is just dripping with ageism and correctness. Uh, if if it's Ameri- not ageism to not want eighty year old presidents, I just like sparring with Sean. <laughs> it's ageism <laughs> to not want a sixty year old president, but eighty year olds we don't need eighty year old leaders. I would well, sprint right. to a sixty year old president. 
Well, right, but as it becomes viscerally undeniable that you don't want a doddering old fool whose peak was 20 years ago. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, right? I, I, anyway. <laughs> as president, uh, you're going to see a reaction to that, and we will probably see a desire for youth, youthful leadership. Well, I mean, and, and it doesn't end with Biden. Nancy, for goodness sakes. Mitch. Steny Hoyer. Chuck Schumer. All, all of them mourn the yeah. sinking of the Lusitania. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's incredible. Chuck Schumer, yeah. Another Fallon joke making that point when we come back, among other things. It's pretty so funny. funny. Oh, yeah. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Did you guys hear about this? I saw that a pre- We're taking down the coronavirus like I took down a fella on my block called Kansas City Dennis to crawl through my doggy door and steal my bubble gum. You see, gum was new back then. But before gum, we used to just bite off a piece of a live pig's ear. Pretty easy to chew. The hard part was blowing bubbles. <laughs> Yes, wow. that's Jimmy Fallon <laughs> mocking our elderly president. <laughs> Chewing off a live pig's ear. Not a joke. <clears throat> um, We got a lot of texts about our homeless conversation. I bid $100 for an NFT of Jack's homeless rant. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'll bid 150 I, I, I blame the uh, cough syrup. I stand by every word, but I blame the cough syrup. Wow, if cough syrup brought us that, get him another spoonful or two. Um, woman with the world's longest fingernails, cut them off after nearly 30 years. We'll have full team coverage next hour. Fabulous. So at the Chauvin, uh, Derek Chauvin murder trial in Minneapolis, which I have kind of stopped following. I've been checking the headlights the head highlights every single day. Well, you there should you check your headlights every day. but Yeah, I should. Uh, he, folks, he's hopped up on cough syrup. I get your word straight, Jack. I've been checking the headlight head uh, the highlights every day, and mm-hmm. uh, it is not going his direction. You make the point, uh, you know, when the when the when the the defense gets their turn, and when the prosecution's making their case, it's supposed to be going that oh, yeah. way. But I mean, right. just in a way that I can't imagine you can't you can come back for it. the number of people, the his bosses, people who trained him, paramedics, everybody saying no, he, he's doing things he shouldn't do firefighters i mean people no Mm -hmm. you don't do that yeah what it's going to turn into is reasonable doubt fest and that began in kind of a strange way yesterday uh prosecutors at derek chauvin's murder trial seemed jolted when one of their most important witnesses initially testified that during george floyd's detention by police while he appeared to be in fear for his life early on he stated i ate too many drugs which he has a history of having swallowed a bunch of drugs in a previous uh, encounter with police. <clears throat> and, of course, the reason that matters is the, the defense is going to try to make the case that he didn't die of the pressure on the neck, really. He died because he had a massive overdose and had a heart attack. Uh, Floyd, who was later pronounced dead, could be heard speaking on an audiovisual recording. The witness, Agent James Ryerson of the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, acknowledged during cross-examination by the defense that he could hear Floyd say, I ate too many drugs. It was clear prosecutors were taken aback by this testimony. On redirect examination, the prosecutor pressed Ryerson, the cop, 
uh, who is the lead investigator in the probe on Floyd's death, whether he'd ever carefully reviewed the audio before Nelson asked him to do it on cross. Ryerson said he had not. Then after a break, when he would have had an opportunity to meet with prosecutors, which I believe is is strictly against the rules. But now I'm not 100 percent sure with that uh, since it's their witness. But anyway, after the break, upon further questioning, Ryerson said, "Uh, you know, now I believe Floyd said I ain't do no drugs, not I ate too many drugs. I ain't do no drugs. Hmm. Difficult for, to understand why prosecutors were thrown for a loop, writes the National Review, when and why Ryerson was obviously unprepared for Nelson's questioning. Earlier on Wednesday, in cross-examining one of the state's use of force experts, uh, Jody Steiger of the LAPD, Nelson, played, Nelson, the lawyer, played the same recording and asked if Steiger could hear Floyd say, I ate too many drugs. Steiger, who had not carefully reviewed the audio before being asked, said, uh, I can't make out exactly what it was said. So it's kind of weird that the uh, prosecution wasn't ready for that. But if you're a juror and you're in that room and you've got experts saying, yeah, I think he died from a drug overdose, but you got some experts saying, you know, I think the knee on the neck could have killed him. With all the people saying Chauvin did something he shouldn't have done, I'd be fine with, with you know, if I got to go one way or the other, going toward Chauvin killed him. I'd be well, fine with that because he, you know, because of all the awful things he, that he did. In the and eyes that, of the experts. You know what? I'm, I'm going to put aside, I'm going to table that comment for a second and tell you the judge will lecture the jury sincerely and at length about beyond a reasonable doubt what that means. On the other hand, what you just described, that's the way real jurors think. Right. Well, I, I got a question around that, so stay tuned. Okay. Armstrong and Getty. I think we know what the correct verdict is, and if it's not applied, it's going to make the the Derek Chauvin riots will make the George Floyd riots look like prom night. Uh, So this is ugly stuff, and and, uh, I think this is not just a threat to every American coast to coast, but specifically those 12 people in the jury box. And I think those Mm. people are thinking, boy, if if we vote to acquit, are they going to come burn our houses down first, uh, kill our loved ones, attack our businesses if they're business owners? And that shouldn't weigh even uh, as much as a a feather in the mind of any American juror, but I think in this case it's more like an anvil on their heads hmm. yeah i think that's probably uh right that gent's name which i just uh, closed off my screen deroy murdoch i believe uh american political commentator and uh model and black lives matter activist maya Eccles, who i've never heard of in my life and hope to never again but she has hundreds of thousands of uh, instagram followers or something she's some model had said uh, Minnesota will suffer riots and vandalism if former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin is not convicted. If George Floyd's murder is not sentenced, just know that all hell is going to break loose. Don't be surprised when buildings are on fire. Just saying. So a couple of high-profile jury results in the last couple of decades, obviously. Oh, I'm sorry, one more, one more quick quote. I'm just tired of you guys not putting the correct narrative out there. I don't care if the whole city burns down. We need justice. She later attempted to soften her remarks. Anyway, whatever. Hmm. That'd be a tough one, though, if I was a juror and, 
you got the um, you got a couple of bosses and trainers and everything saying he didn't need to kneel on the guy's neck that long. He didn't follow the training. That's not what we're supposed to do. I saw one guy testifying yesterday. Yeah, I watched him the whole time. He had all his weight in the guy's neck. That's not what we're trained to do. Blah blah blah. That's that was powerful testimony right there. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so even if you even if you have people testifying that he took a whole bunch of drugs and it's a good chance the drugs killed him, how do I know he wouldn't have died even without the drugs? <laughs> I mean, with Chauvin's attitude and leaning all his weight on his neck for nine minutes. So I don't well, know. How you're I would talking know about that. reasonable doubt. You don't have to know. You just all the only thing you have to know is that you know he's guilty, and if you're not quite sure, you let him go. In theory, because right. you've got uh, the jury in the, 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 the OJ case, it seems pretty clear at this point that they were trying to correct the wrongs of decades of uh, police abusing black people mm-hmm. with the verdict in the OJ trial. Then yeah. less, less about um, uh, of, uh, you know, more specific in the Robert Blake trial, that's the famous TV actor who killed his scumbag wife or girlfriend or whatever she was. I think she was a wife, yeah. Everybody seems to believe in that case it was, yeah, we think he probably killed her, but she had it coming, so we let right. her off. I mean, that seems to be what the jury verdict was there. Yeah, no, granted, nobody died, but I was in an aggravated assault or an assault and battery jury, and, uh, and the long and short of it was two guys had a beef, uh, they got in a fight, the guy who lost the fight, got the worst injuries, really had it common. And so was the guy technically guilty? Yeah, but uh, we couldn't get 12 votes and just said to hell with it. Send them all home and acquitted the guy. So did people say it out loud when you're doing the deliberating? He had it coming? And then you'd say, yeah, but technically, I mean, if we're going to follow the rule of law, which is what we're supposed to do, this guy could be, yeah, but he had it coming. I mean, did it, like, was it that black and white or? Mm, it wasn't quite that simple, but yeah, it was, uh, was it mutual combat? Was a guy just defending himself and, and, uh, and he did better? And, uh, and, and how the fight started mattered. It mattered in people's hearts. Uh huh. Boy, and then how about it with this jury? If you think, yeah, I think the guy, you know, he's passing bad checks, he's hassling the cops, and he took enough drugs to kill an elephant. But dude didn't need to lean on his neck for so long. All you know, all these other people say it was a terrible thing for the cop to do. And if we don't convict him of something, cities across America are going to burn. I just, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to play a role in their decision. It's one hundred percent certain that'll play a role in in one or more jurors' decisions. You, yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. You, you Maybe would, all of them. You wouldn't know. say it out loud, though, would you? Because if you said it out loud, then you've really got a problem. You'd have a. What do you do if you're a juror and you go to the judge and say, "Hey, look, they're they're not they're not doing what we're supposed to do here." Right, right. They're, they're worried not. about the they're worried about rioting in the streets as a result, as opposed to applying the law. Right. Yeah, that would be an issue. So people will probably be fairly subtle about it, but you're also you granted a fair amount of leeway as a juror that look it, it can get heated at times. So, you know, it's not the, it's not like uh, woke Twitter where if you dare say something you shouldn't have, somebody jumps down your throat. Boy, that could be an uncomfortable position to be in because nobody tells you how to deliberate. They just say go in there and figure it out. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be incredibly comfortable. Uncomfortable. I certainly um, don't feel like if Chauvin spends time in jail. That a horrible miscarriage of justice has occurred. Yeah, I hear you. Even if it was the drugs that killed George Floyd. Yeah, I hear you. And there will be jurors who will make that argument. We've got to get this guy with something. 
there's got to be a sanction for what he did. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I tell you this, though. And, there, won't and this be, is, there won't be these subtleties as people are smashing out windows and stores and streets all across America. Uh, no. Of the conversation. No, yeah. Uh, but uh, long story short, if you're asking, will the verdict be something different than a scientific assessment of the evidence? 100%. Yep. In- interesting. Yeah, you're um, dealing with humans. So even the New York Times, National Review, some of your heavyweight publications are reporting that Caitlyn Jenner is talking to um, people like Brad Parscale, who ran Trump's campaign, winning campaign. That was the redheaded guy who's like the uh, the computer social network yeah. genius. Yeah, and then they they had some rocky times for the reelection. That was that Brad well, Parscale. Well, and then Parscale got drunk and fought his wife and ended up on the sidewalk and allegedly. Well, I've seen the video. He was laying he on, was the, on sidewalk. the sidewalk. Yeah, <laughs> you, you've seen the video allegedly. <laughs> anyway, he's advising Caitlyn Jenner on running for governor in California. So it's a, a serious conversation. Is it? You don't think it is? Why? I, I believe him and Caitlyn Jenner are having serious conversations. I about think this. in the modern celebrity obsessed world, I think it's <laughs> you're Jack. You're way better at calculus than I ever was. Inside the parentheses of Caitlyn <laughs> Jenner and Brad Parscale, it's serious. Okay, <laughs> right. Outside of those parentheses, the greater uh, equation. I'm thinking even in wacky California. You know, uh, look. Caitlyn Jenner, I almost used the B word, um, fairly bright person, uh, good at the pole vault. Uh, Arnold laid out great, eloquent defenses of the free market and yes. liberty and his love of America. Caitlin. Turns out he was a phony piece of crap and a disappointment, but he, his campaign was really effective. This doesn't matter at all, but Caitlyn Jenner likes women or dudes? Relationship, no sexually speaking. Do we know? I that? have no idea. Huh. I, I don't know. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Are you decorating the governor's mansion or what? I don't I don't know. I just I don't know what weight uh, Caitlyn Jenner will bring, how how good her rhetoric is or anything. It just, I never pay attention. It just seems like a lot of people in California would love to have the first trans governor if she was actually a famous popular person i would be on your corner 100 percent. but she's neither of those things caitlin jenner's not a famous popular person not popular well i don't know about like, popular she's well known certainly like, famous she's, she's well known but uh-huh. nobody espn hailed her as like the athlete of the millennium or something like that that was in an incredibly woke idiotic spasm of ridiculous <laughs> I, I just don't think she has a base to build from mm. yeah she doesn't have the heft as a celebrity okay um and, you know, I, I watched there's the, the sitting Democrats. So. What was that special that was on several years ago and got such high ratings? That's when the, the, the first coming out explaining his her life with uh, not Barbara Walters. Um, yeah, I, I have a vague memory of that. It wasn't Oprah, know. was it? No, a blonde-haired woman, squinty eyes, Dateline or 2020, one of those shows. Why can't I think oh, of her name right now? Squinty eyes. I just, I just I can't help you. Oh, do you see where uh, Arkansas's legislature override, overrode the governor's veto of that law that says children, people under eight, age 18, cannot have irreversible gender change uh, procedures? 
Now, of course, the mainstream media is telling you it was a hateful anti-LBGTQ uh, law that sought to discriminate, but the idea of the legislature was, look, these are children. Nothing irreversible until you're an adult. Then you can live your own life. I find it a thoroughly defensible point of view, but, you know, it's a minority opinion, certainly in the media world. Diane Sawyer. That was in 2015. That was a highly rated network interview that the whole country was talking about the next day. Mm-hmm. But she's still not a celebrity enough to uh, run for governor, you don't think? Yeah. I think no. Cover of Vanity Fair when that happened? When that all happened, she probably could have gotten some political traction. I just think that's too far gone. Mm. Here today, gone today, old man. I could believe Who's that. Who's hot? I could believe that. Like, if if little Nas X were the person in discussion, I would be like, oh, oh yeah, he's got a shot. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. Right? Oh, mm. man. Like, he, like, that's the sort of mind share or popularity or whatever, right? Not like, with his devil blood shoes. <laughs> I ain't oh, voting boy. for him. We'll take your calls. No. No, we won't. All right, so what? Uh, we're coming up. I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Oh, how about, well, we have all sorts of good stuff. Five woke corporations who condemn Georgia while doing big business with China. That's good. Yeah. Hypocrites. Hypocrites. Corporatocracy, Jack. It's where corporations exercise oversized, overweight control over the electorate, over our electoral process. They've come out as one-sided boosters of one party. Is this healthy? Is it acceptable? And whether it's Google or Amazon or Twitter or whoever, you're concerned about uh, where that's headed. Well, yeah, those are. That's a little different from like Coca-Cola and Delta Airlines. Okay. Because they're such uh, brokers of information. Anybody, like, tied into the, uh, I don't know what community, the trans community or the woke left community, have any idea if Caitlyn Jenner could be, you know, a thing? Or is being a conservative automatically make her a no-go? Yeah, I, I think she's just a uh, nobody. You don't mention her okay. among the, those, you know, communities, text, groups. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. probably should re-explain how we don't actually have an infrastructure crisis. I was not aware of this because I'd been told by so many people for so many years that we have crumbling bridges and roads and we're way behind the rest of the world. Well, Charles Lane of the Washington Post, who's a lefty, by the way, points out, no, we actually rank toward the top uh, in all these categories and we've got anything but a crisis when it comes to infrastructure. Can't wait to dig into that. Sean, roll me clip 50. This is Steve Harrigan of Fox News. The clothing company Patagonia is donating $1 million to political groups in Georgia who want to overturn what they say is a restrictive voting law. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp says the left is involved in a shakedown to raise money by lying about the law's features. This is all about a narrative to push the unconstitutional takeover of federalizing elections with H.R. 1 and XR 1 and also these activists making millions of dollars to, to wad their pockets. 
So the governor making a point there that's under-discussed by the lefty media for obvious reasons. The big flap over Georgia is mostly so Congress can justify federalizing election rules, even though the Constitution says it goes to the states. The Democrats have both houses, and they want to move quickly now to enshrine the fast and loose, massive mail-outs of absentee ballots, vote harvesting, just everything that makes it hard to ensure the fidelity of elections. They want to get that through as quickly as possible. That's the big flap over Georgia. Now, the fact that it's a purple state can go either way in the next couple of elections. Yeah, that's a factor, too. But it is no coincidence that Congress is considering uh, HB1, uh, House Bill 1, and Senate uh, Resolution 1, or whatever the heck it's called. Uh, one more quote from the uh, Harrigan Report 51, please. Those critical of the All-Star game being moved to Coors Field point out that Georgia still has more early voting days than Colorado. South Carolina GOP Senator Tim Scott added on Twitter, Atlanta is 51% black, Denver is 9.2% black, the wokes are at it again. And Rand Paul, of all people, is absolutely hammering Georgia, including former gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams. Rand says she and other Democrats are squarely to blame for Major League Baseball's decision to put the All-Star game out of Atlanta. She had been hammering the Jim Crow narrative. Um, and then uh, and then when the All-Star game got moved, she panicked and said, whoa, 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 let's not do this with uh, let's not do this with boycotts. It's another example of politicians thinking, listen, I'm going to really whip people up with way over the top rhetoric because I can handle it. No, nothing too crazy will happen. And Trump did it. Trump did it, too. But Stacey Abrams did it. Now it's biting her hard in the hiney. Rand says, there's all these people who are woke, but now even the woke like Stacey Abrams are starting to see, oh, no, what have I unleashed? I just lost my state $100 million in revenue. And, of course, he disputed the Jim Crow characterization, which is utterly just immoral to call it that. In a statement, go ahead. uh, No, I'll let you finish, Rand. In a statement last week, Ms. Abrams told supporters, please do not boycott us. Uh, minorities are the most likely to be hurt by potential boycotts of Georgia. But Republicans say her incendiary comments about voter suppression and Jim Crow were responsible for the Major League Baseball uh, exit. And I would say to Stacey Abrams, if you claim this is Jim Crow 2.0, you echo the president's rhetoric, how could anybody do anything but boycott your state? You're claiming it's a return to the most loathsome racism next to slavery, in our nation's history. You, do you think you can make claims like that without repercussions? One thing you might not understand is uh, when you see a headline like there are 55 GOP-led bills to restrict voting across 24 states in America, you hear that sort of thing and you think, oh, no, well, that's not good. And there are some examples out there in various states of uh, trying to restrict voting in ways that I don't like. But in general, the reason there are so many of those right now is with the pandemic going on, states threw out all kinds of things that we've never done before. And now the Republican Party is saying, no, we need to have laws so that we don't do that anymore. Let's, and so they're pulling back from a once in a century one off weird pandemic year. Right. We're pulling back from those standards. But in many cases, it's still further toward more open voting than we had before. So it's technically true to say the Republicans have introduced 55 bills to restrict voting, but they're restricting it from an unusual year 
back toward what the way we used to do it. Right. Compared to 2020, it's restrictive. Compared to 2018, it's liberalized. Right. And that's because it took me, you know, a couple of minutes to explain that, it gets lost. Right. Right. Uh, do we don't have Lindsey Graham's statement. Lindsey just brought it against Biden. Man, he just hammered him for the Jim Crow stuff. <clears throat> and I promise this, we barely have any time, but I'll, I'll hit it really quickly. Whoops, that's the wrong click. Here we go. Uh, five woke corporations who condemn Georgia but are still doing big business with China. And there are many of them, but Major League Baseball, great example. They've got a big new uh, streaming relationship with the Chinese communist government. They don't care about those slaves and concentration camps and torture and forced abortions and imprisoning Christians to make them disavow the religion and Muslims and the rest of it. J.P. Morgan Chase among the first to publicly decry Georgia's election integrity bill, because that's what it is. If we lose confidence in the integrity of our voting processes, we will lose our country. We need to err to the side of being careful. That's not being racist. That's not disenfranchising people. That's being smart. Citigroup, likewise, opposed the Georgia election law. Um, But like J.P. Morgan, they're heavily involved in China's financial markets. Coca-Cola, the brave, iconic Georgia brand, cracking down on their home states. Well, they are in bed with China, doing huge business there, kowtowing to the Chinese. Delta Airlines, more or less the same story. This is corporatocracy, and it's as dumb as democracy. I wonder if this is like the the far end of the pendulum and it's going to come back or if we're continuing down that road. Boy, that's a great question. Armstrong and Getty.